Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, we got a lot going on. Greedy back and better than ever here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. NFL Combine underway. NBA season second half. Ceremonially speaking, underway. Court storming. Get the people off the court for crying out loud. It shouldn't be that complicated. All that and a whole lot more. Plus, where do you stand on birthday gifts being open too soon? I'm going to get into all of that and more. Let's do this thing. Here we go! Only one place to start. All right, our one place to start here is with Graziano and Damian Woody. Good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up. I saw the look on your face. I'll explain my birthday topic. Please. Coming up a little later because I had something happen over the weekend and I think it needs to be dived into when I'm looking forward to doing that. But first off, I know you're looking forward to diving into the Combine, which is in Indianapolis, mm. beginning this, well, I guess today on some level, right? I mean, people are... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to ease into it. I'm come to uh, get up tomorrow morning and then head to the airport. So I'll get there Tuesday. But stuff. Plenty starts. of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's stuff. There's people milling about and and uh, discussing the business of the league. That's for sure. So what are the most important... If you were to right now say, here are the two or three most important things to be paying attention to over the course of this next week in Indianapolis, what are they? I would say the quarterback situations in Chicago and Minnesota are right up at, if not near the top of the list. Uh, Justin Fields, what are the Bears going to do with the number one pick? Uh, assuming they are going to stay put and take a quarterback, what becomes of Justin Fields? What can they get for him in a trade? They could find that out this week. Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings, have been talking about what it would take to keep him uh, in Minnesota. Uh, if they can get to a deal, it would behoove them to do so in the next couple of weeks before um, uh, the league year ends and a bunch of dead money accelerates onto their cap for this year. Uh, and if not, he becomes a very interesting free agent quarterback again for the second time uh, in his career. And then in general, this this salary cap number that came out on Friday was a doozy. Teams I was talking to were, were working off of a project, projected cap of like 240 to $245 million. It came in at 255 So now teams are reassessing. Can we afford to franchise so-and-so? Can we afford to trade for so-and-so? Like, I, I think there's a lot of recalculating going on in terms of the economic business of what teams are going to be able to do here in the next couple of weeks. Right, so that, that feels important. I, I saw that with interest, and of course the Cowboys yeah. are a team that immediately – Jumps to mind and all of that. And we had a great discussion on Get Up today, D. Wood. I, I really liked it. <clears throat> about Justin Fields, and, and look, he's been talked about probably disproportionately to how important he is these past couple of weeks because it's just been the thing that's going sure. on. It is the thing that's happening. The Bears are in this very unique circumstance where they weren't that bad a team and they didn't have a terrible quarterback situation, but they have the number one pick in a draft that has this quarterback that everybody loves. So it becomes interesting. But Graziano brought it up. I'll give him the credit, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the form of a question to you, D. Wood. If you're a team like Pittsburgh or Atlanta who feels like you're a quarterback away and you acquire Justin Fields, do you now say, I'm good, I'm a Super Bowl contender? No, I think no. That that is, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that way. I think you got to manage expectations, right? Because Justin Fields is by no means a finished product. We know how how athletic he is as a quarterback. He's you know probably the second best runner that we have in the league outside of Lamar Jackson. Uh, but he has a lot of work that needs to be done as far as progressing as, as a as a passer in the pocket. And so when you when you know when you're when you're in those rooms and you're, you know, assessing whether to trade for a guy like that, you also got to understand, okay, what is our plan? 
Right. What is our plan? How are we going to try to develop this guy? Because that's the one thing that needs to happen. Remember, Justin Fields has had multiple coordinators during his time in Chicago. We always talk about, you know, when it, as it relates to these young quarterbacks when they come into the league, most of it is where they land and the environment that, in which they land into. And so Chicago definitely wasn't the best environment for Justin Fields, and, and it remains to be seen whether, whether they, you know, trade Justin Fields or keep the number, you know, what they're going to do with that situation. But if they do move on, which a lot of people expect them to do, and, and pick a, a guy like Caleb Williams, my big question is, okay, what's the plan for what, the team that's acquiring Justin Fields? What is their plan to develop him? Yeah. Because the raw materials are there. You see glimpses of it, but like I've always said, potential gets you fired if you're not able to harness the things that he has inside of him. So we're only three years removed from him being drafted. So some of these teams uh, still have their evaluations of what they thought he was coming into the league, and then three years of data uh, of him playing in the league to add to that. So you almost have to treat it as you would your draft evaluation, right? Like, like we're acquiring this player who's he's 24. Like we we keep putting him in Pittsburgh. He's nine months younger than Kenny Pickett, right. Right, who was drafted right. the following year. So, uh, But you also have the economic factor, right? He's heading into his fourth year, so you have to decide on the fifth-year option and then maybe an extension at some point in the next couple of years. So it's a very complicated thing. So, yeah, I agree with you. Plan in place. What kind of offense can we run with him that takes advantage of his strengths and minimizes his weaknesses, and then how do we get to work on those weaknesses and develop him into an unquestioned franchise starter? And I think... The key thing here is what does it cost to acquire him? Because if you're acquiring a guy that you have questions about, you're probably not willing to pay as much as you would if you were acquiring a guy you were sure you were certain about, right? right. So I, I think it'll be fascinating to see what the Bears get. That's why I, I, it's possible it all gets ironed out this week, but I keep thinking to myself it could take a little bit longer than that because it's a little more complicated than last year when the Bears were just trading the pick. I think the fascinating question, we kind of talked about it on Get Up this morning, is like, the upside of Justin Fields and what it's going to cause to acquire him, and I'm speaking as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers, or say go to Russell Wilson route, where right. the compensation base is yeah. they're going to release him. Yeah. The Denver Broncos are going to pay him his salary. So which option do you feel like is in the best interest of your organization? Because Kenny Pickett is going to be there. Right. Do you want to bring in another young quarterback to compete with him, or do you want to bring in a veteran guy and let those guys go at it. You know, it, it's, that's to me is in, what avenue. That's an interesting avenue right there. Right, and the difference there is with Justin Fields at this point in his career at age 24, you still don't know exactly what you're getting, right? Because you, you, you know what you think he can be, but we haven't necessarily seen him hit that. With Russell Wilson, you do know exactly what you're getting. The question is, do you want it? Th- that's Russell Wilson is a complicated dude, right? I mean, it's so hard to pinpoint his legacy. There was a moment in time they were he was one yard away from immortality. Mm. If they hand that ball to Marshawn Lynch, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion. That team is talked about like a dynasty. He is a beloved all-time figure. All that. Next thing you know, he's the guy who threw the most famous and terrible interception of all time. He continues to play very well in Seattle. They unceremoniously dump him. It is a a disaster of biblical proportion in Denver. <laughs> And instead of being like on a Hall of Fame track, mm-hmm. now he's almost like a punchline. I, I, I feel kind of bad about the whole thing. 
Yeah, very strange. You mentioned, I mean, that Super Bowl, right? The, he was he was that close to beating Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in back to back Super Bowls in his that, second yeah. and third years in the league, like that. Right, immortality. So I think what we've learned about Russell Wilson these last couple of years is, you know, Seattle was a really good spot for him and and a place where they were able to kind of minimize some things that he wasn't great at, and and they got to a point. It wasn't like let's get rid of this guy. We're sick of him. It was he's going to want another big contract. Do we want to pay that to a player his age and, and his ability and, and, you know, is some of the stuff he used to do declining a little bit? And, and they look pretty smart, especially for getting what they got for him uh, and, then not, and then making Denver be the team that paid him the big new contract. So the question with Russell Wilson is, whatever's going on the last couple of years, is this just who he is now? In which case, you know, I don't know that the demand for him is going to be very high. Uh, or can he find a way to reset and reinvent himself at age 36, which is not something we've necessarily seen a lot of guys do at his level. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount, easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. As the morning continues, we'll certainly get into the court storming thing that happened at Duke, and and I've got thoughts on it, and so do you, and, and we'll hear all that, but This is not something that only happens, of course, in college basketball. We see it in college football all the time. And and so, D. Wood and Danny, we didn't get a chance to hear from you on the TV show either. I'd be curious to hear your perspective. But, D. Wood, I'll start with you. You played big-time college football at Boston College. We've all seen it. Home team wins a game against basically every time Alabama lost for the last 10 years or, or any of those kinds of things. And the thousands of people just come streaming onto the field with basically no order, what there there is just unbridled chaos going on, and it is celebration and joy and mostly fun, and that's all well and good. But there are obvious potential problems that come from all this. Anyway, I'm setting it up more than people need it set up. What is your take as a former player on the court slash field storming? Um, I never, I, I don't like it. I never did. I think that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, football is such an emotional game. It has such an emotional component to it. And, you know, you come off a tough loss. And I think the last thing you need, particularly at the collegiate level, where you have a lot of these students, you know, these students who've been drinking and all those type of things, running onto the field and bumping up against athletes who, you know, literally just lost a game. Like, it, it, just for people to un- just people to understand in, 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 in the pro game, after a game, you literally have like a 10-minute buffer before the media comes into the locker room. That's by design, to give guys a chance to yeah. decompress. And now you're talking about people running onto the field right after a game when guys lose, you know, lose a heartbreaking game. Like, you, you couldn't be asking more for a combustible situation to unfold on the field. So, listen, I get it. It's probably never going to change because people are in love with the aesthetics of the – of the whole thing, but I just I worry about the the things that could happen, you know, in that type of situation, in that type of environment. Graziano, you're a dad more than anything, yeah. right? Your son yeah. actually plays football, yeah, and you have he another does. son who is a college student. Yeah. And all the, what what is your take on all this? I think it's insanely stupid that they let them go on a court or the field after a game. I'm, I'm with Jay Billis on this. I, I don't understand why it's ever been allowed, uh, let alone encouraged. I think it happens way too often. I mean, what we were talking about, Wake Forest was favored in the game. They were. Like, what, how are you storming? That was supposed to be like the monumental upset, right? When you storm the – I don't know. I, I, to me, if, if, 
I, I don't know why it would be missed. Maybe I'm a grumpy old man, probably. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I agree with Damian. I think it's just a recipe for trouble. Someone's going to get hurt. I'm sure we obviously see Filipowski get hurt, but I'm sure some of the students that have done the rushing of the court have been hurt over the years. It just doesn't make headlines. Uh, it just it, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. To there me. was I, one I terrible one a few years ago. I don't remember. I was already doing get up, so it was sometime between 2018 and now. Um, where they like someone was on the court in a wheelchair. Do you remember that? Like they no, wheeled but, a wheelchair. I mean, Bubba or Cam, do you guys remember what I'm talking about? Like there, there was video of someone. They actually, while everyone is racing around on the court and jumping up and down and all this, mm. like someone in a wheelchair is being wheeled out there. You want to talk about the definition of someone who can't defend themselves? If you know, in in the yeah. you know the wrong person falls down or whatever it is, it's just. I don't. I don't. Look, look, Uncle Seth gave us a solution to it that I'll get into a little bit later here that I think would put an end to at least part of the problem, but not all of the problem. I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks it is solution the court is like, for players. His, right, yes, that's because it is, right? right? Uh, the, his solution was like, let the players clear the court, and then you tell everybody it's okay to run onto the court. But like the spontaneity of it is the entire point, right? right. Like that's the, and, and so if you can tell them to wait, you can tell them not to do it at all, right? And, and, I mean, listen, we tell players all the time, don't go in the stands. Yes. But, all, you know, but yeah, let's have the fans run onto the court, yeah, run onto know, the man. court, onto the playing field right after a tough loss. I mean, come on. Yeah, go it, home. It, it, is, it is a mixed <laughs> message. It, it, it's also just a, a product of the world in which we live today, in which, and social media is a part of this and everything else. Everyone thinks they're just sort of entitled to do whatever they want. Uh, especially at a sporting event. Because, yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone, all of a sudden we've convinced everyone that their opinion on everything matters. Yeah. And, and thus, well, why would you tell me I can't do this? Of course I can do this. Why can't I do this? Mm. Um, I was about to say, because I've paid my money for my ticket. In many cases in college, you didn't pay any money for the ticket. Right. The students get in free. So one way or another, fascinating stuff. D. Wood, thank you as yeah. always. Graz, we'll see you tomorrow. Again, I'll be right? here. And then off to Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Hashtag crew is ready to roll. We'll get this thing started next. TSPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance in 30 seconds We have a listener who has suggested the obvious solution to the one big problem our show has, and you will hear it 30 seconds from now after this word from AutoZone. Are you dealing with a dead battery? Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. If you need a replacement battery, they can help with that. They're the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. All right, this from at DJ John B1 tweets at me. Hey, Greeny, I love the show, except do we have to have trivia five times a day on your show? I know that's an overstatement. But maybe just three times a week would be nice. I mean, hembo, hambo, ham sandwich guy who doesn't give a flying you-know for anybody or anything is just okay. (laughs) That is a tweet that we got from DJ John B1. And you should know, hembo, hambo, ham sandwich guy who doesn't give a flying you-know-what, that both Bubba and Cam insisted that I read it on the air because they liked it so much. You know what? I'm pretty sure that my wife tweets at DJ John B1. Yeah. That's coming from her. I mean, or maybe she's just, she, he's giving her plausible deniability. <laughs> hembo, hembo, her, ham sandwich. Yeah, that, that's her burn. I've been laughing at that for like 10 minutes. And, Tremendous. And, and everything about that is very funny. I have to admit, though, like most of the f- feedback that I receive now, obviously, this is a biased receiver, but is actually that the trivia is usually pretty good. I love, oh, I love trivia. trivia. I enjoy it. I'm, I'm sorry, John B1, but I'm not sure it's going anywhere. I, know, I mean, of all things to criticize Hembo on, and there are a list of things you can come up with. I don't think this is why is people shake yeah, nerds. Trivia is his best thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, we can, we can, I mean, I'll, I'll spend a day with you, John. We can come up with things you want to criticize. With <laughs> it. But trivia, unfortunately, is not going to be one of them. For the record, it was my idea to do it every day on radio and then my idea to do it twice a day on radio because I like it that much. I, I, and, and of course, the teasing, uh, the, 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 the greeny tease is something that I started doing on Mike and Mike years ago. And I'll tell you where I learned it from. I learned it from one of the most famous radio personalities that ever lived. When I was a kid, there was a DJ named Casey Kasem. He was legendary, and he would do American Top 40 every Sunday, and that was the biggest thing in the world. Every week you would get to hear like the countdown of the Top 40 songs in America, and he had this great voice, and he would tell great stories about every one of them. And this band started out in, in, you know, in Missouri as a trio, and then one guy got hit by a truck and died, and then they <laughs> recorded this song. He's always got great stories. But he would always go into a break by saying, our next song comes from a duo that you may never have heard of, but they're on their way to number one, and it's the most interesting story in the history of mankind. I'll tell you who it is right after this. And then I would, I would glued, glued to the radio. Oh, my God, what could it be? And I'm guessing along with him, and that's where I got the idea for it is that it works, and I think trivia works in that way as well as anything possibly could. Speaking of which, Bubba, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, 
But in your absence last week, uh, Nick, who was filling in, had about as good a week doing trivia as anyone has ever done in the history of this show. Has word of this reached you by chance? Yeah, well, Nick made sure to tell me for sure. Okay. I mean, even I, even I, as disagreeable as I am, was incredibly impressed with Nick, who on two occasions clinched group trivia. So I'm just telling you right now, there is a high bar for you to clear. Well, look, I mean, Nick doesn't do a lot of things well, but he does do trivia well. Just we, like me. We usually check in with him when we do group trivia here, and whether we get it right or wrong, he'll come in, and we'll do the group trivia with him. He'll get it right pretty much every time wow. by himself. So he is good. I'm not surprised he did that Did that well. You know, some of the other stuff is not great at. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm not surprised he did trivia. I'm happy for him. He was elevated to hashtag status as a result I of heard his about performance. That. I heard. Let the record show Brandon is just Brandon. Jack is I think we gave Brandon Jack. a hashtag. I do think we gave Brandon one. Not Only in pencil. Away, Only in pencil. Under no circumstances. Between his eating habits yeah, I think and we, his I think trivia. we might have to, have to take it away, but I think we did give him one at one point. Jack he, did not get one. He does not deserve one. And Jack is, remains Pineapple Jack. And by the way, Jack shaved? He looks nine. Jack, Jack, I didn't even really, if you had told me Jack had facial hair, I'm not 100% sure I would have been able to tell you he did. But then when he walked in this morning, the first thing I thought when I looked at him was, who are you and what have you done with Jack? You were jarred. J- Jack, he looks like Jack's much younger brother. What did you miss more? Cam's hair or Jack's facial hair? Oh, Cam's hair. Jack yeah. was, Jack is candidly homely no matter how he does it uh, 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 cam's a good looking kid sure is yeah, jack is just doing the best he can with what he's got greeny with you brought to you by espn bet the official sports book of espn what a play fans do not belong on the court i don't like court storms never have when are we gonna ban court storms like when are we gonna ban that someone's gonna get hurt i absolutely feel like it was personal all right, so the court storming thing uh, from Saturday night at Duke, that, that I think became pretty much the number one topic um, on the sports world this weekend. And leave it to my Uncle Seth, Seth Greenberg, no relation, to come up with the perfect solution to what is clearly a problem. I am not going to sit here and say they should ban students from running out onto the court or onto the field to celebrate. It is part of the fabric of collegiate sports. It is fun It is something that the overwhelming majority of the time goes just fine. But there is also no reason why they should be allowed out there while anyone who wants to get away from it doesn't get the opportunity to. In most cases, that's going to mean the visiting team, the visiting coaches, and the officials. It might even mean some of the players on the home team for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. Seth Greenberg presented an outstanding solution. When the game ends and you know the students are itching, you've got security there and you put a countdown clock. There are clocks everywhere in a basketball arena. Put 60 seconds, hell, put 30 seconds on the clock if you want to. Play the alma mater. Play some song that gets everyone excited. Whatever you want. Let the students count it down. 10, 9, 8. That gives the everyone who wants to get out of the way Enough time to get out of the way, get into the locker room, get out of harm's way. Three, two, one, and boom. Now you allow the students and whoever else wants to run out on their court and celebrate. If you want to maintain court storming, then that strikes me as an easy solution. And the punishment for going out early, those are pretty simple too. I'm not advocating arresting anyone, but the the overwhelming majority of those are students. So there can be some sort of university disciplinary measure. There can be, they don't allow you to come to games 
games anymore. And my son goes to all the basketball games at Northwestern. Hell, I went to all the basketball games at Northwestern. If they banned him from going to games, he'd be devastated. If he knew that was the punishment for going out 30 seconds earlier, he wouldn't do it. So that feels to me like a very easy solution that would work, that they could institute immediately and Candidly, I'm not 100% sure why they wouldn't or haven't already. That's what I think of it. Hembo, what do you think of it? So when you say they could institute it immediately, who do you mean by they? Well, schools, conferences, the NCAA, whoever is overlooking this stuff. Bingo. Therein lies the problem. One of the bigger problems, one of the biggest problems with this conversation is that there's actually nobody in charge. I was actually reading quotes from last month when Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, in effect said... If we could move away from this, as in court storming, I think it's a decision that's got to be made at the conference level, right? So there are 32 of those in Division One, and not only is, is it nearly impossible to collectively get everyone to decide that they agree on something, but it's also not obvious to me that everyone views this as a problem. Like, I'm not so sure that this is not a media creation. It seems to me that the schools and the conferences love this because this has been an enormous part of the fabric of college sports and those visuals those opportunities those moments are very very powerful and so it's not obvious to me that something like this could happen unless something catastrophic or dare i say tragic winds up happening in the meantime do we know how hurt kyle filipowski is we don't know yet he's the best player on a top 10 team in the country so if he has a significant injury does that rise to the level of something catastrophic? I suppose so, but I'm speaking more of what if someone gets trampled while coming out? Like, I'm not a big fan of allowing mobs to do whatever they want. Like, ever. It doesn't make that much sense to me why this has been allowed this whole time. I understand its importance to college sports. I do. I worked on campus for two years. I was a part of one court storm, and I'll be honest with you, it was terrifying. And the whole week in the buildup, I was at LaSalle. We were playing top 10 Butler. And the court storm was terrifying everyone in the administration. This is a thing across the country. So I definitely... Wait, what part of it was terrifying? I mean, I was involved in a court storming also when we beat uh, Indiana. I was at Northwestern. I was a student. And they were the defending national champs. And mm-hmm. we beat them on a Monday night. And I, I still am begging someone to find the video of that game because I'm positive <laughs> I was the first person who got out there, I wasn't terrified at all. There was nothing terrifying about it. I ran out into the middle of the court. I jumped up and down for a little while. My old roommate, Craig Isaacs, got Dick Vitale's game notes. Dickie V was doing the game. He still has them. Wow. And, and, and we just jumped around for a while, and then we went home. But you wanted to be there, no? Yeah, of course I wanted okay, to be well, there. Okay, well, I, in this particular case, was on the scorer's table like working the game oh, I with see. people hurtling me. And I'm as young and as capable and fit as anyone on that table. And I wasn't safe, let alone the visiting players that were trying to escape as fast as they could. This is when Brad Stevens was the coach there still. He had some things to say about it after the game, if memory serves. But either way, this is a universal problem in college sports. And I'm afraid that even if someone that wants to be out there, dare I say, gets trampled or something like it's a mosh pit or a concert where these things happen too. Like, is it going to really take that to happen before we have to put our foot down? I... I would be terrified if I were at a school and something like that could happen at, and at the expense of the moment it creates, to me, it's not worth it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. There are going to be people who are saying you're a wet blanket mm-hmm. and I actually am, I think I'm one of them. I'm an extremely wet blanket. These things happen at 
they happen every week at minimum once a week in sports and people generally don't get hurt people generally just run out onto the court and they jump up and down and some people will get a little bit hurt and you kind of know that that's a possibility but people get hurt all the time doing all kinds of things i think if there is some organization to it again you need to give the people who want nothing to do with it the opportunity not to be there. No one should be forced to be in the middle of a mosh pit. If you go to a concert, you have the option yep. of going into the mosh pit or staying out of the mosh pit. Once the mosh pit spills away from where the mosh pit is, it's no longer a mosh pit. It's a brawl. Mm. A brawl is a problem. A mosh pit is a voluntary act. Uh, let me ask Cam, because you're close to college. Remind me where you went to college, Cam? Ithaca, so D3. Not a lot of court storming going on Okay, there. but it could happen, right? I mean, I, it could have happened. Maybe it didn't happen. It Whatever. Didn't. What do you think of court storming? Yeah, I, I liked Seth Greenberg's idea. I mean, I almost think that would make schools and, and fans more excited if you give them a countdown clock. They get, you know, maybe you don't want them more revved up, but I think just to have the time, like, the clock wasn't even done by the time Wake Forest was on the court, so that's clearly too far. I think that falls on Wake Forest to have some some kind of regulation to make sure the game isn't even over and still half the fans are already on the court. Philip Haskin has no chance to even try and get off the court. Caitlin Clark, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago had the same thing where she's trying to run off the court. She's running and she can't get off in time. So I, I like the idea of a countdown clock just to give people some time to get everyone off the court. If you want to run on the court, you can, but make sure the, the players are off. Baba. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand where Billis is coming from and the different people who said they want to completely ban it. I get it from a you know legal and safety point of view, but I, I just think like what you're saying, Greeny, it's just such a part of college basketball that I would I would love to see it, or college sports in general, that I would love to just see it stay. Um, and, I, and I like the countdown clock, and when you brought up the music thing, that's not something I thought of, but I think that could really add to it where you're saying, all right, you got 30 seconds, and then during that 30 seconds you're playing, you know, whatever it is, Welcome to the Jungle or Ender Sandman, or just something that everyone's kind of getting pumped up. They know after that 30 seconds, okay, we go, gives them plenty of time to get off, and we're good. But the thing I'm going back to now, though, is even though Jay wants it to stop, you know, the cut we'll hopefully hear from him later when he says never underestimate the NCAA's capacity to do something stupid, you know, when all these schools – and the NCAA is now in charge. I just think they, if they don't want it to happen, they're mm. gonna they're gonna get rid of it. And even though they're, they're not known for doing stuff that the fans and the students and everyone likes and enjoys, so it would not surprise me that despite the fact that ninety nine percent of the fans and most all of America wants it to happen, they're gonna get rid of it because that's just what the NCAA does. And that would be my concern. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. I don't think we need to get rid of things solely because there's a chance they might become dangerous. Like, we do that a lot in this country, and mostly we do it because of their reliability concerns and issues. And if this ever does cease, it'll be because of that. Like, I don't know who's liable for that. Like, if, if, if you are a student, if, if I don't even want to say this out loud, but if, if one of the students running out onto that court gets seriously hurt, mm -hmm. who's liable for that? Whose responsibility is it? Was it? Is it the university's responsibility to maintain a safe environment for the students who are there? Once they've run out onto the court, are all bets off because they don't belong there? Look, the very obvious reality of it is the, the, the players can't run into the stands Right, like the players aren't running into the stands uh, after a game ends if if they just feel like it. We no one would say that's okay, um, and yet somehow we allow the students to run into the onto the court. The other thing that really bothers me are the people who are blaming Filipowski for this. I saw it. Imagine you're standing there, you're trying to get off the court, you are looking at a sea of humanity running in your direction. 
The one kid who seems to bump into him immediately clearly is turning his head, very noticeably seems to be yelling something in his face. Filipowski, it looks to me like, just sort of shoves him away, and people are saying, oh, look, he instigated the contact. What the hell is the matter with you if that's what you're saying? What are you talking about? He needs to be able to get off the court. He just lost a close, hard-fought game. There's a, there's a cooling-off period where the media isn't allowed to ask him a question because he's supposed to be given some time to calm down after the emotional experience he's just been through. You want him to be able to deal perfectly with just some random stranger whose intentions are completely unknown, racing at as fast as that person can directly at him, and you're saying that if he appears to be defending himself, he's in the wrong? What are you talking about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So that really bothered me, that people were saying that over the course of the weekend. But I, I have to believe that's a very small collection of people. And if it's a big collection of people, well, then shame on a big collection of people. And if it's a small collection of people, shame on a small collection of people. At the end of the day, when you run out onto the court, you are in a place you don't belong. Now, we have tacitly allowed it to happen, right? We, it's like one of these laws that we, or rules that we don't enforce. Only in college. In college, we just allow it to happen, but it's not allowed. Like that, I don't think it's actually written down. Yes, students are allowed at, at, their, at their will, to, at their whim, to just race out onto the floor and do whatever they want to do when they get there. So I, on some level, you're sort of taking your own safety into your own hands. And if Kyle Filipowski shoves a guy to the ground, I don't have any issue with it, and I would defend him 100% for doing it. And they used to be allowed, and not, they used to be allowed professionally, too. If you look at all the old highlights back in the day, home runs. What, yeah, remember Hank Aaron's yeah. uh, home run? Those I think guys it was running with until him? 1980, I read an article that fans used to run onto the field. They used to exit Yankee Stadium through the center field. That was just normal. And then they finally put a stop to it, you know, in the early 80s. But it was pretty normal and, and for good reason. Too. Yeah. <laughs> they it, put a stop to it, it for good reason. At the end of the day, it's just not a good idea. So um, I, I think Seth's solution is a good one. Put a clock up, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever you want it to be. Play some music, whether you want it to be hyped up music or you want it to be the alma mater or whatever, the fight song, whatever the case may be. Let the fans be excited and then let everybody get off the court and let them do their thing. See, we don't just present problems. We offer solutions. Right into the dismay of that one guy, it's time for trivia. Yes, Peyton Manning threw for 4,659 yards in 2012. He broke whose single-season Broncos record in the process. Broncos record. Mm-hmm. That's the question. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Here we go. Trivia go. Peyton Manning threw for 4,659 yards in 2012. That broke whose single season Broncos record? So here's the thing. My first reaction, Bubba, is it can't be John Elway because that would be too obvious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, but right. Sneaky Hembo might think they'll think that Elway is too obvious so they won't guess Elway because they'll think Elway would be too obvious. A little reverse sneaky hembo. So I think he could be going the reverse sneaky route. That that said, I'm not going to say Elway. Who are you going to say, Bubba? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think that's just too much. There, that's, I can't imagine he's going to do that. Um, the first name I kind of thought of, I'm thinking of when, just people when I was younger, Brian Greasy, mm-hmm. but I don't think – so I'm going to go with another person who was when I was younger – who I know had at least a couple of good seasons, prominent Broncos quarterback, Jake the Snake Plummer. That's me too. That's exactly who I have as well. I mean, I go back to Craig Morton and the Orange Crush team that made the Super Bowl. And then there's Elway, Brian Greasy, and there have been very few quarterbacks yeah, in Yeah, I couldn't history. really think of anyone pre, you know, I couldn't think of anyone before Elway. I think so Plummer is issue. right. Plummer is my guess too. Cam, how about you? I was thinking Plummer, and then I thought of the guy that came after Plummer for a couple years there. I'm going with Jay Cutler. Oh, my God. I completely forgot Cutler was there. And he got Oof. traded for Kyle Orton yes, to the Bears. Yes, he did. That's pretty good. All right. I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I can't change mine because he gave me mine, but I do like that. What, what kind of, who else do we have? Jack is going with John Elway. Jack is going with John Elway. Beardless Bold Jack. move, Jack. Okay. And so those are, those are the names. And no, the answer no is. No, Brandon? No, Brandon's not here today. Brandon's not here today. Got it. Go. The correct answer is. Jay Cutler. Yes! Woo! What a pull, Cam. Very well done. Damn it. Very well done. Yeah. That really upsets me. I didn't think of him at all. Jeez. At all. I just completely forgot he played there. He threw for 4,526 yards for them in 2008. I had no recollection of that. Me neither. I was actually really confident Plummer was going to be right. I felt good about it. All right. The scores, Cam, go. I am 17 and 25. Bubba's 13 and 22. You are 14 and 28. Jack is 9 and 14. Brandon's nine and twenty-two. The aforementioned Nick is five and one still, and Dominique is zero and one. Okay, fair enough. That's well done. All right, I, guys, I need all of your help. 
with the situation. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. You know how I feel about birthdays. Birth, I'm not a huge fan of, of adults celebrating their birthday, but I get that it happens. So you know that my daughter Nikki has a boyfriend now. His name is Jake. We've talked about him. Yeah. What was your read on him again? Uh, I was not a big fan of how loudly he cheered for the Giants in your home. Yeah. You, you think he's a little too comfortable around. Oh, yeah. Much I forgot about that. So he is, he is uh, working down in D.C. They have a little bit of a long-distance thing going on. She lives in New York. He lives in D.C., but they're a very nice couple, still very much together. He's a terrific kid. They've been together two and a half years. So I get word of the fact that his birthday is coming up. His birthday is February 28th. So I have an idea, because I'm always trying to encourage him to play more golf. I want him to be more of a golfer, because that'll just make him more enjoyable for me to be around. So I got him personalized Titleist golf balls. I got his nickname on him. I got his, his jersey number. Was, his lucky number is 14, whatever. I got from Nicky. What is his nickname? Box. His last name is Boxer, so his friends call him Box. So I put B-O-X on it, and I put his number on it. Whatever. I sent him an awesome gift. Stace gifts wraps, gift wraps it up all nicely, and we send it to him. He, we, we ship it, and it arrives on Saturday. The birthday is February 28th. On Saturday afternoon, I get a thank you text from him saying, I love the golf, boys, golf balls, guys. Thank you so very much for the nice gift. And my immediate reaction is, why would he have opened them a week before the birthday? Is it, does it not go without saying that this is a birthday gift? I, we sent him something that is gift-wrapped. It is obviously wrapped. Now, the wrapping paper doesn't say happy birthday on it. It happened to be wrapping paper we had in the house. So it's just plain wrapping paper. But I've never sent him a gift in my entire life. So if all of a sudden I've sent him a gift and it's the week before his birthday, he's a smart kid. He has to be able to figure out this is a birthday gift. Why would he open it like six or whatever day, five days before the birthday? Am I wrong? No. Am I right? You're right. I'm right. So not only is he, is he much too comfortable around you, he actually isn't that smart a kid. No, he's smart. You insist he's smart? I'm telling you he's smart. I've, I've seen some, Must be I, book smart. He's, smart. he's book smart. So that's right. So my, my point is, I'm just not 100% sure that what I, what's the etiquette on this. So I had to write back, enjoy, you know, kind of thing, instead of writing back, well, why the hell did you open And now these? you have to text him two days from now again. Well, that's the thing. Am I obligated to send a birthday text now on the actual oh. birthday? I oh. sent the gift. He opened them a week before the birthday. Bubba, you tell me. I actually have no problem with it. You have no problem what? with him opening the birthday I mean, gift? Hembo, you know, he just hates this kid, so he's out. But I do. I, I, I thought when you when I saw this and you talk, we were talking about it was in the run I thought you were talking about more like in person. Like you saw that like it was more of like a family thing in, in person. I don't think you should I don't think you should do that. You should not open presents in person before your birthday. You wait for your wait for your, your actual birthday. But if you're sent a gift and you receive it in the mail well before your birthday. Not well before. It's a few days before his birthday. Why would His you birthday just... is the 28th, which I think is like Thursday or something. It's Wednesday. He got it Saturday. It's like four days before the birthday. I don't understand. Why would just an, an adult just going to sit there and just wait for a birthday to open it? That's... It's obviously a birthday. Because he's an adult. If I send you a gift on December 22nd, are you going to open <laughs> it that day or are you going to wait until Christmas? I mean, how complicated is this? Cam, 
Where are you on this? I'm. Cl- I think I'm closer to Bubba. Oh, See, no, yeah. listen, because with you people, you guys have lost your mind. Listen, it's it's interesting because my grandfather sends me you know cards every year with with money in there and all that good stuff because I'm still uh, his favorite grandchild, of course. And I open them the day they arrive. Like, is it exactly. different? Is it different for a card than a gift? Because yes. No, I- you should not open them. If is it is it meant to be for your birthday? Are you aware it's for your birthday? Yeah, of course. He sends it. You know, birthday and Christmas. Then he why sends me. Nice you card. wait until your birthday to open it. I don't it. know. It's just, it's a card. No I'm, I get a card in the mail. I'm going to open it, even if it's for two days later. It just feels weird to let it sit there. Oh, I wonder what's inside here. I know what's inside. I'm going to open it. That's nice the point. Card because you gift. know. See, the, if you didn't know what was inside, then yeah. I would understand so the I think card, card might be a little different than gift, but I still lean a little closer to Bubba. He, he gets a gift in the mail. It's not like he's with you. He opens it. I, I don't have as much of a problem with it as you do. I'm flabbergasted by this flabbergasted by the complete lack of sense that is being demonstrated by half the hashtag crew. Why would you be flabbergasted by that? How long have you been on this show? I just don't understand. So what you're telling me is, when is your birthday, Cam? August 5th. Okay, so if, if, if I send you a gift, if I send you a package, and it comes to you on August 3rd, are you going to open it that day, or are you going to wait two days? I, I'd probably wait two days not for a card, but I don't have an issue if someone does open it the what, day what if it comes? Arrives. What if it comes two days after? you got to wait another year? you got to no. wait through it? Oh, my God. Well, then, it comes see, on August 6th. And why? Like, well, you, gotta, oh, you can only open it on your birthday. got to wait till next if it, year. If it comes two days later, you can only open it on your birthday. See, 363 days later, you got to wait. You're obviously twisting this in a way <laughs> no, it not. does not belong. I'm not twisting. The, there, no there twisting. Is, there's not anywhere near the same thing. You I sent him a gift. You said you got to open Four days before his birthday. Well, what if it arrived four days after? Well, then See I would next have year. to explain that my gift was late, but it wasn't. I did everything right. You're now putting this into no a scenario. No, no, you didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no, no one here wrong. did anything wrong. No. I've been wrong. You sent a nice gift. He opened it. He thanked you. Everyone's happy. You move on. Nope. 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 Good job, Jack. No. Jake. It's oh. Jake. <laughs> you dope. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.